welcome to F1 or F Off, your audio pit stop for F1 news, interviews, and race reviews. I'm your host, Idris. Oh, I'm Gabe. I, I didn't <laughs> learn the language. I didn't learn a new language. I didn't learn how to say Damn it. I said I was going to do it. You can say, uh, Je m'appelle Gabe. That's Je m'appelle Gabe. And I, am le, and I am le terre. I am le terre. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, I should have done that. I, <clears throat> I, I'm just, I'm such a busy bee these days. I'm just so busy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Any, anything, what are you going to do? Anything you can tell the people about what you're so busy on? Uh, well, um, as I drink from my liquid death, that's right. Sponsor us. Drink. I'm fueled by liquid death, mm. like 100. percent um, Buried alive. Give it to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, in like a week, like starting after Labor Day, I'm um, have a new job. Um, yeah, it's the sort of like a career shift. So it's what I've been looking to get uh, ever since I moved here. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm really excited about. Um, for those of you who don't know, I do guitar repair, and I have for a number of years. And it's kind of like my passion and sort of what I'm into. I think I mentioned it a little bit in our knockoff McLaren interview. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, it can be a tough profession to get into because a lot of people who do it are kind of keep the cards close to their chest, you know. They don't like to help other people or do a lot of, you know, there's there's community, but not necessarily all the time a lot of opportunity because a lot of people who do this kind of repair don't necessarily share the wealth if you will sure um but i had an opportunity to work for a very very reputable and um exciting shop um that has just continued to grow over the past few years and so they needed somebody full-time to do guitar repairs on mm. all of their instrument stock. So it's, I'm really excited. I get to work with a luthier and improve my own skills and do all of that. And so, um, while I'm kind of working out my last two weeks for my other job, I'm also doing a comic right now. Um, and, uh, I thankfully got a new tablet that works better, but it's still just a lot of crunch, a lot of hurry up and wait sort of stuff going on, which is not mm. ideal, but I feel you know that. what? It's creative. I get paid to do it, so yeah. Um, you know, might as well just get through it. But yeah, yeah. What, what what's 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 going on in the life of uh, Idris? Of what, is, what has happened? Yeah. Well, real quick, I was gonna say Gabe is definitely definitely the luthier Vandross of our friend group. <laughs> um, he he really he really lets us know when he's here, and now oh, my love. that he is. <laughs> A thousand kisses from you is never too much. Mm. I just don't want to step. Never too much, never too much, never too much, never too much. (laughs) What's that? What's that? What's the other one he does that? Here and now. now. Boo doo. I promise to love love this for free. Classic love songs and a compilation. Yeah, what's that? What was the um the album Tell with uh? <laughs> yes, with Michael Bolton. Let's go. Have <laughs> I told you lately that I, that love, I love you? you. <laughs> Timeless classics. Timeless love songs. And yes. it's just like a beach scene. Like what's behind yes. people walking hand in hand and it's yes. all the song. If you are Man. if you are between the ages of like, I would say at least the ages of maybe twenty six to like, like thirty nine. Yeah. Thirty nine. Yeah. You have you know that spent commercial. a late night yeah. like on the couch and that that commercial has come on Here in the television. Now. <laughs> I promise to love it. Oh man, 
Man. Oh my gosh. It also had Celine Dion. What was the one? What was the Celine Dion song? I, it was. I don't uh, remember. I don't remember. Oh, oh man. We're gonna. We'll just have to post it. We'll just have to post the commercial. Mm-hmm. I usually see it come up every once in a while. There's always yeah. those like '90s nostalgia pages. <laughs> and what's funny about those is a lot of stuff that's in there is not even '90s nostalgia. It's like '80s nostalgia that they're claiming is '90s nostalgia. '80s nostalgia or early 2000s nostalgia. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of in that boat, but at the same time, like it's not '90s technically. You know. So. Man, you gotta love those old commercials. <laughs> I saw one last night that just completely unlocked a memory for me. You remember the hover disc? <laughs> The hover disc. What? The hover disc. It was like a. Real quick. It was this big, like UFO shaped thing that was made out of like material designed by NASA, and like. Oh, this piece of trash like, toy. It does, yeah, it does tricks. It flips. It yeah. amazes your friends. And I'm just like, I'm like, I had, well, I have one of those. Yeah, yeah, no. And I definitely that's... remember the sensation of throwing it. And the thing is, is it's it, it's interesting for about five seconds. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, I gotta run over there and get it. Yep. <laughs> Like it doesn't come back. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it doesn't come back. Man, yeah. Man, what the the dude the, the toys the that they marketed to us as kids? Like yeah. we don't see toys getting marketed yeah. to us. But although we're not, also we're not watching network television. But yeah. even still, like I'm not seeing any commercials on like YouTube for toys or anything like that. I mean, who knows? True. Maybe well, it's because I'm not a kid. Uh, you, I was gonna say, yeah, you you aren't getting the ads for that. Um, I will say peak marketing toy. A peak marketing for toys that I remember um, is probably Fushigi when we were a little older. Do you oh, remember Fushigi? Fushigi? We're like the guy, yeah, like contact juggling. It's like, Fushigi, it defies gravity. <laughs> that was the one that always creeped me out when it was just, it was just the guy's hand just doing this. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah. That is really, really inappropriate. Yeah. It also it's just, it also reminds me of um, uh, remember in Labyrinth where the guys use his hand in front of David Bowie to do the crystal ball movement things and he's like spinning them in his hand. You remember that? I, I this is seen all the movie. mystic orb training. That's yeah, yeah, of course. Movie, yeah, so. you just um, all you're missing is a fushigi. Wait a minute, did you say you haven't seen Labyrinth? I haven't seen Labyrinth. No, dude. I know. I I've heard a lot about it. I just. <sighs> There's just so much media to consume. <laughs> do yourself a favor, man. If you guys have not seen it, please 100% do. I was mm-hmm. I've been I've been watching stuff with Lauren recently. We watched both Batman and Batman Returns, so Batman mm. 89 and Batman Returns. Oh, classic. Yeah. Classic mm. movies. Classic Got that movies. feel. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Absolutely. Well, speaking of silly things, silly things though, um Time to talk th- about silly season or wacky silly season. Inflated- <laughs> <laughs> or the lack thereof. Yeah, yeah it's been yeah it, this yeah this silly season has been a lot of just. <laughs> it's just <laughs> none, none of the wa- wacky waviness. It's the he's the corporate professional wacky uh, <laughs> wacky or just just. I need a four hundred one k. We are having a sale. It <laughs> please, is here. Please come. <laughs> <laughs> the team has done has worked so no, hard this it, quarter. Here's a pizza it party. His, it doesn't even have its hands up. It's mm-hmm. like its hands are just so to its side, and it's mm-hmm. just like kind of swaying gently. Yeah. That's basically what this silly season <laughs> is. It is not wacky and inflatable. It is just like kind of standing there. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. There's there hasn't really been a whole lot to talk about. Yeah. Honestly, I was gonna say before we hop into the things that have popped up this silly season, mm. what is the wildest silly season that you can recall? Um, you know, I think the biggest shocker that I remember is actually when Hamilton moved from McLaren to Mercedes mm. because everyone thought he was nuts. Mm-hmm. And 
they saw that. I remember and they said, at the time. Well, the, the thing is, it's like at the time, like McLaren was at least was still on in that era where they were at least wanting like winning like one or two races a season. Yeah. So this was like, this was like in the midst of like the Red Bull dominance with Vettel. Mm-hmm. So like even when that was happening, you still had like like Jensen Button won in Canada. And Hamilton won in uh, in uh, England, and like there were there was still he was still winning with McLaren, and McLaren was yeah. not looked at as like this you know, um, this team that was on the down you know turn. They they still were considered very much contenders. Sure, um, but he he decided to go with Mercedes because Mercedes went. Uh, well, I think McLaren lost the Mercedes like spa driver uh or um they lost the 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 mercedes engines they like Mm -hmm. switched over right and michael schumacher was retiring for a second time Mm -hmm. and so it was all the speculation who is michael going to be replaced by and well Mm -hmm. you know one goat (laughs) goat. with another goat (laughs) and and i remember at the time i remember at the time thinking you know from a branding perspective and from a uh from a, a strategic perspective i'm like i respected this like because mm-hmm. i'm just like it just feels right yeah. at the time it felt right yeah yeah um and then you know we history you know history proved that that was an incredibly that will probably go down as being one of the smartest um oh absolutely you know, driver moves uh in absolutely F1 history um maybe right behind you know michael schumacher going to ferrari even though that didn't really happen uh didn't really what didn't really bore any fruit for several years but once it did it was unstoppable mm-hmm. so um but yeah that's a really the only one i can i can think of that really sticks out in my brain i mean mm. the the weird thing is is a lot of the big driver shakeups that were really controversial were not yeah. didn't happen during silly season they happened like mid-season like uh like kafia getting kicked out and max you know or max stepping in you know yeah. max being replaced replacing eric john eric Verne, and then yeah. being just dropped right in after Kafiat. yeah and um i remember vettel leaving for ferrari was kind of controversial too but yeah. like it was sort of romanticized because you know schumacher was his hero and so he had this idea of like trying to bring ferrari back to its winning ways which is mm-hmm. like ferrari bungled that one so yeah. um <laughs> So yeah, um, I don't know. What, what do you? Did you? Can you think of anyone specifically that you remember oh, yeah. being particularly hot? Well, actually, you know, now that I'm glad you mentioned that it wasn't during the silly season because I think that that is that holds true most of the time. Silly season mm-hmm. is just a time of rumors and some mi- some minor moves across the board. But yeah, um, the thing, the big driver shakeup that I recall was when Rosberg was just like, "I'm done." Like literally oh, yeah. the day after he won oh, the championship, yeah. he's like, "I'm good." You know, I thought it was fake. Yeah, I, I was like, like there's no way happen. he's leaving. Yeah, and then and then it's all confirmed. You're just like, whoa. Like, not even, Toto didn't even know, right? Toto yeah. apparently was very shocked that he was just like, whoa, really? Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and, we'll, you know, we'll... yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, you know what's funny about that? Um, at the time, at least I can remember, <clears throat> Botas was in a similar sort of position reputation-wise that Alex Albon is in now. Mm. And was i think he was driving i think he was also driving for williams at he that was time he was driving too. really yeah. well for williams yeah yeah that and was so, when back when before williams really hit the pits you know what i mean like there were right, a few years there right. where he was like ooh. yeah i mean they they went from like Pastor maldonado and then massa showed up and i was like yeah that's a good move and uh they had a you know they were they were doing better with massa in the in the car but then mm-hmm. after he left it was like eh, you know there wasn't really much of anything yeah but um but yeah um 
I was going to say, uh, I definitely think that Albon is in that sort of similar trajectory at the moment where yeah uh kind of like how perez was in the pink mercedes where it's just he's doing stuff that people are really surprised by and you know proving his capability um oh absolutely and well and well deserved too right i mean this guy has Mm -hmm. completely turned around his um his reputation as far as being a driver who can get into any piece of machinery and make it work right he is eking everything out of that Williams right now, right? Right. And the funny thing is, I, I love, you know, um, the F1 Instagram account has been, I don't know who's doing this. They're, they're, it's kind of savage, actually. Mm-hmm. They're, they're posting side-by-side stat comparisons of the drivers on each of the teams next to each other, right? Uh-huh. And, like, it's like, oh, like, Lewis versus George from Mercedes. And then, like, like they have the eye emoji, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, the side eye emoji um, just for the comment, <laughs> right? And it's just showing the mm-hmm. stats. And then, you're like okay yeah i can see it between these two lance lance and fernando come on like no, you're not kidding anyone uh k mag and k mag and and hulk you're not sure right and then it gets mm. to albon and sergeant and it's like whoa <laughs> yeah like the way albon is just like you know i i the way albon is just like mopping the floor with with sergeant and no oh, it's not yeah, a direct yeah, competition yeah. between the two and i know that sergeant is a rookie he is in his first season but right. it man alban is this looks like a fernando and stroll type situation you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. um speaking of which i thought that was really hilarious that there was an article um just this last week where the quote from well from uh from stroll was fernando is much quicker than me and i need to figure <laughs> out how to speed up or something like that. <laughs> hey hey pal it it's okay. We we oh, know. Oh my god. We, we know. Yeah. We, I was... <laughs> we've known for a while um that this is uh we've known for a while that this is the case. Uh um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. It it'll, it'll be okay. You know, yeah. You'll figure it out. Hopefully. Yeah. Um yeah, I I mean that's like that's like saying, man, you know, Usain Bolt is a lot faster of a runner than me. I I have to I got to figure out how to run faster. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what that feels like to me hearing that statement. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, yeah. Um well, speaking of Fernando Alonso, I did see a little snippets of an interview he gave um but they're asking him about his like career. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think they asked him, like, if he had any regrets or anything like that. And I think the one thing that he said is that he had wished that he had enjoyed and appreciated, like, the good times more than he mm. did, um, which I think is sad. But at the same time, like, you know, he said he he feels as though when he looks back on his career, he will, you know, be happy and be... um you know, proud of what he, of everything he's accomplished and all of his experiences. But Hmm. it is a little frustrating considering that like he came so close with Ferrari in like 2011 and 2012 Mm -hmm. and to just have that rug pulled out from underneath him. Yeah. I mean, that probably would have been the best opportunity that he had had at least up until this point. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think that Aston Martin is definitely a winning outfit. And, uh, I think that they provided that Alonzo keeps winning for them and they give him a car that's capable of winning. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I think that, um, he, he has the potential to 
win a few more races before he retires. Yeah. Um, and especially if like, I think, I think what's going to happen is I think if Fernando is going to stay until the, he's going to try and stay until the regulation changes in 26. Um, but even then, like, you know, he might say, I want a little taste of that, that those cars, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? We'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. I mean, we can't speculate too much because like, it can always change. He's but. like, I can quit anytime, man. I can, I just, I just <laughs> want, I see, I tried again. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a little taste, man. Um, but yeah, but anyway, um, switching back to Albon, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess he's just I guess a lot of I was to say every everybody except for um, McLaren has at least one seat potentially open uh, as of right now, Um, which is weird just to think about, because like I can't imagine McLaren dropping George um, or Hamilton. Yeah. Um, And unless Ferrari pulls a Ferrari and just like dumps everybody. Um, I imagine they're gonna give Charles a uh, an extension. So I don't know what if you based on um, based on how Alex Albon is doing and based on kind of the performance of the drivers that are currently in the grid right now. Where do you think he could be most effective if he were to move for next season? Like, what drivers would you you think he would do better in that perspective car? I think I would love to see Albon in the aston martin that stroll is not able to eke the performance out of i think he would actually do a fantastic job in that car Mm -hmm. initially i wanted to say mclaren but the problem with mclaren is that even though there's been a nice performance boost over the last few races um all those issues they've had as far as the touchiness of the car when it comes to the front end are probably Mm -hmm. still there right Mm -hmm. um i would assume Right, unless it's like a major suspension change that you're making, because that's I think that's where a lot of that issue is going to come from, right? Yeah. Um, and that kind of sounds similar to the Red Bull, right? And I'm just thinking about how how he was how he performed in the Red Bull, right? And he might do well in a car that's more similar as far as like the design philosophy goes, as far as the Williams is concerned. Mm. Um, when looking at something like the Aston Martin, right? So I could see Albon doing well in a car like like a Mercedes, like an Aston Martin, um, maybe like a McLaren. You know, that I think I kind of see him staying within that kind of family of cars. I think mm-hmm. I think he would also thrive in those environments too, where mm-hmm. they seem to really foster nurture, <clears throat> yeah, like the development of the racing driver um, with the car and with the team. So I think I think I could see Albon doing really well with those teams. How about you? Well, you know, I was reading this article about um sort of the position that he's in and yeah i guess um there were there were apparently a couple of teams that were already considering taking him on uh, mainly haas and alpine Mm. especially after alpine had the fernando alonso yeah oscar piastri thing happening yeah um and uh the thing the thing is is albon has a tough he's got a tricky tricky decision to make because apparently you know he he could go into another he could switch over to another team right Mm -hmm. but what if this is a you know what if it's a it could be a lewis hamilton switching to mercedes situation yeah but it could also be the reverse Mm -hmm. you know maybe like we like it could be a danny ricardo where like danny ricardo was with renault they built the whole team around him and then he left and just fell on his face yeah um 
I think that the, apparently Williams has said that they are they have a plan. Uh, they're saying they're going to be up at the sharp end of the grid in about they said they're about six or seven years. Which yeah. here's the thing I'm going to say about that. Um, as we've seen from Red Bull, um, all it takes is for a couple of teams in the top to just completely fail mm-hmm. in designing their car. <laughs> and then all of a sudden those years go up a couple. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like Williams could be on a building, you know, thing. A good trajectory. What's gonna, a good trajectory. But what's going to accelerate that trajectory is if other teams fail to yep. uh, perform. Yep. And so there's always, there's that gamble, you know, like, and the thing is, is that he, right now he is in a leadership role with Williams. Mm-hmm. He's currently building things with them. I think they're happy with him. I think yeah. they're happy with him in the car. Yeah. He's obviously showing that like the car is capable of performing. He's showing his own skill set. Mm-hmm. And so I think that as much as I think he could perform in another car, if I was Alexander Albon, I would just be kind of, I would be kind of just... I don't know. I might just count my, you know, count my blessings and just save Williams. Yeah. Work with Williams and build something because yeah. I think and to a certain extent, like as, as um, romantic as it is the idea of going to like Ferrari or something. Yeah. Oh no. I think there's something to be said no. about staying where you're at and building a team that really cares to have you there. Yeah. You know what I mean? That wants yep. to have you there. Yep. Um, because it's like, yeah. It, because like let me just say real quick like with what you're saying absolutely because when you do eventually win it's that much sweeter right yeah 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 you will be responsible for bringing williams back into the limelight mm-hmm. in a sense i mean not you know single-handedly but yeah. obviously you will have been a giant piece in that puzzle and yeah. that is uh that's exactly why vettel went to ferrari he was trying to do that with ferrari mm-hmm. and the thing is is you know williams is kind of a smaller outfit right now um that are still trying to rebuild and so i think that there's something about that story that feels very yeah romanticized to me um but i also feel like he just fits better yeah i I, like ferrari it just i I think unless you're like a you know you know i honestly feel like max would probably if if they if ferrari had a quick car max would probably actually be a decent fit because he's just kind of cutthroat and he's just like i don't care like i'm just gonna drive that car and i'm gonna drive fast and i'm not listening to anybody yeah and like you know the defosi they love that you know Mm -hmm. that sort of fiery passion from their drivers Mm -hmm. you know and so um uh, but yeah, um, I think uh, I think if I was Alex Albon, I would probably stay put. Oh Because yeah. in six or seven Agreed. years, he's going to be thirty-two, thirty-three, apparently, mm-hmm. and um, you know that's not old. But like in F one terms, like that's kind of you're you're in you're the reaching. autumn of the of yeah. your career, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's very weird to hear that. <laughs> And then think about these indie car drivers who are like in their forties, close to their fifties, and they're still like winning stuff. It's like, yeah. you know, um, it's weird how yeah. in in F one like that's the concern, but like in indie car, it's like if you're an older driver, it's kind of like, oh, he's a seasoned veteran, yeah. he's going to be oh, way better than you. you he's know? seen it all. He's seen it all. Yeah, he's seen it all. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, if you were in Albon's position, what would you do? Like, would Absolutely. you do the same? Oh, hundred percent. I would. I would stay at Williams. Like, this is a team that wants you. This is a team that has treated you really well, and this is a team that has, I think, really good management and leadership in James Valls. Um, mm-hmm. Vols, Valls. Sorry, I believe it's Vols. pronounced Vols. Um, Vowels. Yeah, Vowels. Yeah. Um, hooked on phonics. Um, hooked on phonics works for me. <laughs> yeah. So he's in a good spot being there. Um, I don't think. He needs to go to any other team, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, I did mention Aston Martin, but Aston Martin might be a pressure cooker if if right. he ends up if he t- were to take Lance's seat. You know what I mean? If Lance's yeah. seat ever becomes available, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think he's on he's on a good team. Williams, great. yeah, yeah. Viva la Williams. Viva la Williams. Speaking of uh, speaking of Max, um, I think we should talk about uh, some of the um, interviews that he's given um, and sort of like kind of his standpoint right now. Um, he apparently in an interview um, was hinting at the idea of retiring uh, sooner than his what his contract is up for. He basically said, uh, and I quote, I don't see myself spending three years in the midfield. I'd rather stay home or do something else, but again, I don't see that um, happening. And that's a reference to Red Bull basically not delivering a you know race winning car uh, after twenty twenty six. You know, uh, hey, he can do what he's going to do. I mean, Max <laughs> has already won two championships. That's more than lots of drivers. Um, you know, it's like one of those exclusive clubs. You know, once you're in the like two and three club, like you're you're like a you know, it's like legendary. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's like we talked to Elizabeth a little bit about. You know, was he going to do NASCAR trucks? Like, he's going to gonna stay home. But like, do you feel like a part of this is like? Do you feel that a part of this is just his personality, or do you think that he's afraid of not being fast again? Because that's what um, it sounds like to me. It sounds like somebody who like now that he has that speed and success like he it's like he's scared of being like looked at as like a has-been hmm. you know and he'd rather finish on top if you will you know what i mean i mean i i can understand that but i think i think it's also a thing of like being challenged and wanting to try different things out i mean max has said in a lot of interviews that he doesn't want to race until he's like <clears throat> you know, in his forties and whatnot. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. for him, he, you know, maintains a certain level of success and gets all the accolades he wants. And then he can switch it up and go do something else. Right. Like, you know, he's like, you know, I think he wants to have a family and everything. Right. So, um, and at a younger age. And I, I think for him, I think whenever I hear these kinds of things, I don't think it's necessarily him like wanting to not like continue racing because he's like, oh, if I'm not first and I'm last, Ricky Bobby and getting out of here. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's legitimate. He just, it would just be like a change of scenery for him, right? I mean, you got to think about this guy. He, like, I think most of us, and if you haven't, well, let me, let me finish my thought. I do this a lot. Most of us have some level of understanding about some of the facts that have happened, you know, of certain things that happened when he was a child, right? With how he was mm. raised, right? This guy's been racing like, some in some capacity since he was like four or five years old right yeah and i i would imagine that being in that constant race mode uh pressure cooker type environment that was created when he's being raised by his father Jos Verstappen, mm-hmm. um would be a lot right and then to finally get to a point in your life where you're like you know what i don't want to do this anymore i can do whatever the hell else i want to do yeah. you know he can do that he's his own man um yeah. for those of you that aren't familiar there's Lots of articles out there, lots of videos out there of the stories Max has, you know, revealed himself of how he was raised by his father, right? Like, there's a video on YouTube called Five Minutes of Max Verstappen Just Trauma Dumping, right? Or or something Mm -hmm. along those lines, right? Subtly trauma dumping. Yeah, and it's, like, crazy, like, what this guy went through, right? Like, it is not normal, right? Yeah. Not normal, and I would say... um, 
you know, Max is successful in spite of everything that happened to him when he was a kid, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think maybe that's an element of it too, where he's just like, I finally have the ability to just say I'm done, you know? Like for him, right? Let's say he wins uh, this year and uh, 2024, 25, and 26, right? That's four years. So then that means he's going to have six titles. I mean, at that point, if he wants to just hang it up, that's awesome, right? Like you are in you are in the history books. Like you are considered to be one of the best F1 drivers of all time, if not the best. Right. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, can, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, I, I could, I can as well. I mean, I, you know, I've have, you know, the, I've known people who, um, you know, were pressured into doing something Yeah, because their parents wanted them to do it. And it's not that they didn't want to do it. It's just that they didn't want to do it in to such an extent that they lost a like chunk of their childhood to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, some could argue is say is the price you pay for success in a motorsport. But I don't necessarily believe that that's true, mm, especially right. considering you look at somebody like Lena Buller, who started in carts when she was seventeen. And then made her way onto the F1 Academy grid at, you know, 25. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think that there's some room to sort of negotiate that. Um, and I could imagine if, if Max is the kind of person where it's like, you know, I did my piece and I don't need to be pushed anymore. Yeah. I mean, he could do that now. Yeah. You know what I mean? He has two world champions. That's two more than his dad has. Mm-hmm. And he can just be like, you know oh! what? Like, <laughs> snap. <laughs> oh, snap. <sir! laughs> um, but I mean, for real, like he could, yeah. he could hang it up. Not that I'm saying he, I want him to, because mm-hmm. like, I'm going to want him to do what's happy for him. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, he could hang it up now and he could be completely satisfied yeah. with the way that his career has gone. Yeah. Despite the controversy of 2021 and all mm-hmm. of that, yeah. um, he could still just, you know, he could still just hang up the towel and just be like, hey, I, you know, I put out a really good career. I did mm-hmm. everything that I could do. And uh, I'm happy with that. I mean, that's exactly what Rosberg did. Speaking of Rosberg. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. had a family. He got one championship like his dad, and he's like, you know what? I'm done. Right. I'm retired. That's it. That's yeah. what I wanted. I just wanted to be able to prove to myself that I could. Right. That I could beat Hamilton on his best day. Mm-hmm. And he did. And yeah. he won. So And, and you know. think about it too, right? Like like for him to like the Rosberg example, right? For him to have won in twenty sixteen, like I can't imagine what kind of sacrifice he had to make, right? Like mm-hmm. mentally, like the energy that you put towards it, right? Like the time away battle. from his family yeah. and daughter. Yeah. Like like that's I, I would I would wager he's like he probably asked himself after that after he won he was like okay do I have what it takes to do this again next year and then he looks at his family and he's like you know what it's not worth it to me because I have them you know what I mean mm-hmm. so that was probably the calculus for him yeah. yeah I would say like you know there's people like Lewis Hamilton where that's probably not a priority for him right now I mean he doesn't have right to yeah I mean who know, people don't even know who he's dating like they don't even yeah. know it's all speculative <laughs> everyone's like if Shakira and everyone's like I yeah. don't know <laughs> you know so who knows like you yeah. know maybe it's just some random person that he met in Ibiza or whatever mm-hmm. or like you know um and uh you know I think for him it's like it's just a it's it's a, it's, it's not a priority for him so for him the yeah. priority is still this sport and then I, I know that like after the sport we kind of know like Hamilton is going to be still active in motorsport generally um, I can imagine him 
continuing to running his extreme e team and yeah um you know do things like that um and sort of i can imagine him and vettel partnering as like a, a group of you yeah. know like making like a, a company to try and you know push for inclusivity diversity and um you know environmental consciousness in motorsport mm-hmm. and yeah. that would be wonderful and it'd be those are the two best guys i could imagine doing it yeah so, absolutely um yeah, who knows what Max will decide, but uh, we at least know that he's not going to be deciding it for at least another like two or three years. So, yeah, you know, it could be the Max show yeah. continuing forward. Yes, well, time will tell. But yeah. yeah, you know, real quick, I got to say too, as mm-hmm. since we're talking about Red Bull, I love how we assume that it will be the Max show, and we're probably not wrong in saying that because you know what's wild about this season so far is the fact that. This is really the Max show, right? Yeah. Everyone thought it would be about like Red Bull, like, oh, you know, Checo versus One, Max. two, yeah. 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 But yeah. like, it, what what blows me away is that Max and Sergio are driving the exact same car, right? Maybe their set of balance are different. Sure, whatever. Maybe Checo's just like, oh, give me the same thing as Max. I don't know. Yeah. But like, it's like night and day between their performances. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. Um. Well, you know, I've heard rumors going both ways i mean i've heard some people say they're the same car i've heard some people say that max's is set up completely different from checo's which would be and like wild it, to, to, to almost like, feel like in a completely different vehicle basically um <laughs> i think gone are the days where it's really obvious that difference differences are there like mm-hmm. you know clearly they're not wearing doing the same wig and the wing and the same you know uh, uh front wing and you know all that bits Mm-hmm. Um, it's something else to do. It's whatever it is, it's internal. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the other thing. I think that ooh, Sergio ooh. Hold, is oh. also affected uh, mentally. What? Oh, I was going to say, is this a hot fajita moment? Oh, no, no, no. This is okay. not hot at all. Okay. This is ice cold. Everybody is, knows that Helmut Marco yeah. is just like mentally torturing Perez yeah. with yeah. every turn that he can. <laughs> um, and I think that that has a very significant element to it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sure. And also, particularly after like you know, the weirdness that they had last year between oh, Max yeah. and Sergio. Yeah. Um, I would be willing to bet that Red Bull may have put you know secretly threatened him or something with like you know mm. retribution had he you know tried to you know pull similar stunts with Max um, this year, you know. So there could be a uh, psychological element to this as well um which Man. i think just it really honestly i feel like you'll know, say what you will with ferrari if you were to give me an opportunity of like would you rather deal with failure and like sort of just sadness or would you deal with <laughs> mental abuse from yeah. red bull like yeah. it's ferrari or red bull i would go with ferrari honestly i'll deal with the sadness and and you know they can take thirst trap pics of me and stuff that's fine <laughs> <laughs> But oh, I do. I would not want to subject myself to, yeah, the, to yeah. the Red Bull like literal mental abuse that you get. That, yeah, that's no, I feel that from Helmut Marco. I just I feel th- that. it's not worth it to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But here, there, there's a good question. Yeah. Which which team, out of all the Ooh, teams, yes. do you think is the most mentally healthy? Like, which one do you think has the oh. most like fun loving environment? Like who do you think who like what what team is like the you know what what would be the the Trader Joe's like crew <laughs> or, of, or the of F one team where there's everybody loves being there mm. and it's just they ding 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 they ring the bell. Mm. That is a good good question. Um, we'll have to make a poll for the viewers or listeners. 
Both if you had asked me a few years ago, I would have told you Force India before really? they became before they became like Racing Point. There was one season even in during like their administration period and stuff, uh, where no, they were like well, forced into administration. No, well, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, man. I don't. I don't know about you, but I just remember there being some wild stuff <laughs> going. True, I mean, their 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 leader was being like, you know, he might have been throwing parties, but he yeah. was getting arrested for tax fraud. That, so, that's true. Like, that's true. V, VJ VJ Malia, right? VJ Malia. Yeah. Um. Okay. Actually, I take that back. I rescind my previous answer. Okay. And I will submit a new answer of. I think I want to say Mercedes back in the day, like of a few years ago. It just oh, seemed yeah, yeah, like I'm real, sure. like. Like, yeah, it's like big mega corpo, you know, but, you know, they seem to respect your time off and, mm. like, oh, it's five, five oh one. Hey, sorry, we, we can't, we can't call Hans. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's his day off, you know, it's his daughter's right. birthday party, but as well, soon as 8 a.m. Same- comes around, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, and the same with like, you know, Lewis, Lewis being there and, uh, yeah. you know, being like making this an environment that's more inclusive to people yeah. and things of yeah. that nature. Um, I was, uh, I would say right now in the current grid, yeah, I would actually say, uh, Sauber, uh, you know, Alpha. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, because like, you know, and you know why it's not because they're doing anything that's particularly like fun and happy and blah, blah, blah. They're just kind of in a quiet zone. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just kind of, they're just kind of there. They're doing Mm -hmm. their thing. Nobody's talking about Alfa Romeo. Mm -hmm. Nobody's like saying, Oh, you know, I like, I, I, I'm this sounds terrible, Mm. but I forget that Joe Guan Yu's on the grid half the time because literally they don't talk about him. They don't talk about the guy. Yeah. Like yeah. he's like he's sort of on the social media, not as much as Botas is. Like yeah. he was just he was just in Colorado for a bike race, dressed up as the Duff Man from Sim- Simpsons with like beers in his like you know like a fake muscle suit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that guy just the camera's glues just glued mm-hmm. to him. I mean, more yeah. more his buns than anything else. But well, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. But yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you, if if you've got Valtteri Botas buns. <laughs> You're gonna want them, people glued to them. If we're being honest here, um, I saw there was a post where just like I think it was like Motorsport or F1.com or something it was just like, yeah. don't worry, uh, like there's they're they're uh, you know they they said something like, don't worry, it's just his the rear his time this time or something. I'm just like, are people really concerned that they're only seeing the rear end? I mean, I'm, I know there's there's people out there they want to see the whole thing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like the whole thing thing, know what I mean? They want to see the whole thing thing. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. They want to see it all. Because, do you remember that song? She had me singing. Oh, let us not relive those times. Um, but yeah, but anyway, um, I, I think that just for the sake of the fact that they're just kind of there and they're not making a lot of noise mm-hmm. and they're just trying to do the job, I feel like that seemed like a pretty laid back because if you have yeah, success, yeah. it's like, yay. But if you don't, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's okay. It's just mm-hmm. alpha. You know, so and you know who doesn't have the most chill environment right now? It's got to be Haas, right? <laughs> they're concerned, oh, well, well. <laughs> like they're concerned about hygiene all the time, but also, like, <laughs> they are constantly like under watch with the whole with the whole Haas uh, automation uh, issue going on right now, right? Because mm. at the start of the Russian-Ukraine war, um, I think it was alleged that Haas was shipping over. Or was was producing? I think their machines were being used by someone who was producing 
parts that would go over to Russia, right? Mm. And that is you can't do that during war times, right? Like that no, is no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> so I don't. I, from what I understand, um, Haas did not actually sell the, those machines. Um, you know, to like I think to the offending party after the conflict had started. I think it was a prior issue, and so I think they're just going through like a you know checking the books kind of process right now but still that's got to be very stressful to be going through that right i mean like, dude yeah their sponsor was your college <laughs> like i'm sure they were just like oh yeah we'll sell our our automated yeah. things to your russian <laughs> friends it's cool like yeah they hadn't <laughs> yeah i mean you know it would be like it i mean i mean i'm not going to speculate but i would mm-hmm. say like if it was prior to that like i could imagine like if haas is like you know a relationship with you know a company that's got like a guy in a company that's got close ties with like putin mm-hmm. if they're gonna take that road you know they might not they're like well you know at that time like you know it's russia but like yeah. you know it's not the greatest but like yeah. not, at least they're not in a war and then all of a sudden the next day they read the papers like oh damn it damn you know what i mean like <laughs> um i at least give haas credit for backing out of that sponsorship like yeah. immediately without question and then <clears throat> firing nikita mazepin which yeah. is I me mean, honestly good riddance mm. um but yeah, uh, I, you know that's that's. I would say Haas is definitely in a weird place right now because always in a they're weird definitely place. trying to do some marketing healing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they made Nico Hulkenberg bleach his hair blonde, because like the minute the Barbie mm. fever died down, he just went right back to to not having it. I don't think he's got it anymore. Mm. I think he's back to brown, mm. um, which is also weird too because it's like, dude, you had all these comments about driving a pink car and stuff like that, and like pink <laughs> being a problem for you. Like I don't, I don't get your deal. Um, and then they do like now they have the Chipotle sponsorship and stuff yeah. like that, and it's yeah. like I think they're trying to make their their they're trying to heal up a little bit. Um, yeah. And I have heard in the news recently that speaking of Alfa Romeo, they're apparently going to partner, might be partnering Haas in 26. Which would be an interesting pairing. So was this as far as just like title sponsor um, or what, or is this like a, um, this, this won't be a team merger, right? I mean, cause, I mean, cause no, Sauber's oh, still no, going to no, be Sauber yeah. cause it's Alfa Romeo Sauber, but Sauber right. owns the Alfa Romeo team and the, and like the rights, right? Alfa Romeo is just the, the current title sponsor of yeah of and in 26 they're going to be audi it's going to okay, be audi right. sauber yeah, yeah so then alfa romeo would be going with haas i mean honestly yeah i mean that's a way more legit partnership than anything else they've had previously right yeah it's a whole lot better than rich energy uh-huh. <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll the, the, if they if they partner with alfa romeo and they get some success they will literally be showing some rich energy yeah um, if we're being boom, honest boom. <laughs> yeah um but uh but yeah um I, I think it's you know from a romanticized part of me i like the idea of still having alfa romeo on the grid mm-hmm. you know i like seeing all these old teams come yeah, back yeah. you know or old names return to the grid um it wouldn't at be the, super american though alfa romeo haas no but i mean you know alfa romeo is uh you know, it's definitely a lifestyle it's definitely like a kind of a have a, they're sort of like a lifestyle brand ish it's mm. like they're kind of like ferrari adjacent to, even though ferrari owns alfa romeo at this point but the alfa romeo is like sort of like a um you know it, it's it's sort of like your like you have your standard modello especial 
And then you have like the most de lo especial noir or something. You know what I mean? Where it's just like slightly classier. It's like that's why like Ferrari races in like total, you know, red, like Ferrari mm-hmm. racing red. Yeah. And Alfa Romeo's like dark, mm-hmm. you know, dark mm-hmm. red. It's like a dark maroon red. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's a little bit more classy, <laughs> you know, um, in that sense. Um, it's kind of like a Di Sorono versus a Di Sorono. Di Sorono. Rocks. Di Sorono. <laughs> I'm going to make you show you how to make this Rono and the rocks. First, the glass. Then the rocks. Then this Rono. This Rono and the rocks. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Learning how to mix drinks. Um, that was another commercial that was hot back in the, I think it was like mid 2000s. Um, yeah. Well, they had that and they had DeSorona with a twist. And it's yeah. just like, if you don't, if you, I mean, even if you're not a drinker, like a twist, it's like, yeah, it's lemon. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love those commercials, man. With a twist. <laughs> it's just like, we're going to do an instructional video about how to make these mixed drinks. And it's just DeSorona on ice. Like, okay. Anyway. Um, they should sponsor Haas at this point. Al- Adisa Rono Alfa Romeo Haas. <laughs> oh, Hajin. Hajin, we have Adisa oh, Rono. We have Adisa Rono. Um, <laughs> First, you take you take below average F1 car. Then you, t- <laughs> then you take Adisa Rono. Adisa Rono on below average F1 car. <laughs> First, you take a Haas F1 car. Then you take Adisa Rono. You pour it all over car. The Sororono on F1 car. Then you light it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it's going faster. Um, the driver has to escape fire. Um, yeah, well, you know, who knows if that, that partnership is actually going to work out, but I agree with yeah, you. We'll that see. is definitely a way more legitimate mm-hmm. sponsorship Absolutely. for Haas than, than uh, you know, than, uh, you know, well, yeah. I mean, Chipotle's pretty legit, but Chipotle's they're legit. not a title. They're not yeah. a title sponsor. Yeah. So that's the big thing. Speaking of legit things, we got to talk about this Felipe Massa lawsuit. Yeah, surprising that that's legit, right? Yeah. Like you thought like, oh, that's just gonna, that's just a, he's just a, no, he actually is like pursuing some legal action. Yeah. Or, like they sent a letter and I'm like, ooh. And, and honestly, like, like okay so let's you might give the fans the listeners just a quick primer on that and then we can or okay. primer that's the i guess primer is the english the american english way to say it primer is the english way the english english way the blimey right. way yeah primer is what you put on your walls um, <laughs> so okay so basically in 2008 there was a very very tight championship battle between Lewis Hamilton and Felipe Massa. Uh, the Singapore, the first night race in F1's history, it was also the first race at Singapore was on in, uh, in 2008. Mm-hmm. And at this point, uh, the battle was really tight between both Hamilton and Massa. But in the midst of all of that, Renault uh, had taken Fernando Alonso back and um, he was driving with Nelson Piquet Jr., who was the, the second driver. Uh, Renault was on the verge of leaving the sport altogether because at that point in time, the economic crisis was going on. And so nobody, like, people, did, they didn't have any money, and it was just looked as a, too much of an expense. They didn't want to do it. But they had suggested that if Alfa Ro- if uh, Renault would manage, was managing to get a race win that season, then they would try sticking around. 
So, uh, essentially, uh, uh, Flavio, or, uh, or what was it? What was the principal's name? Uh, Flavio Briavatori. 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 Him and uh, I think it was was it Pat? Sim- no, not Pat Simmons. There the, the were two two head two big wigs in Renault, uh, including the team principal, who essentially suggested in like internal meetings that if they. Uh, if they essentially, if they were able to manufacture a win for Fernando or for one of their drivers, essentially by, you know, just finding the circumstances where there is a, you know, manufacturing a safety car intervention by essentially pitting one of their drivers early, having the other driver spin out, which would force all of the other teams to pit mm-hmm. as part from your driver who had pitted early and would move skyrocket them up to the top. Their opportunity came in Singapore, and apparently Nelson Piquet Jr. was in on this plot. He spun out. Um, I forget what turn it was, but it was actually not the turn he had intended to, and he apparently spun too much, but it still worked. And so he spun out. Fernando Alonso had pitted early, and everybody was shocked. They're like, why did he pit so early? This is weird. And then Nelson Piquet Jr. spun out, and everybody else jumped into the pits, because it's just what you do. Like it was closer to the end of the race. You wanted to have as best chance as you can to like, you know, win. you get on the fresh tires, you know, so it's a, it's a, you know, safety car intervention. It's free pit stop. Well, Massa came into the pits and Ferrari totally bungled his pit stop. Mm-hmm. He took off. They still had the fuel hose attached to the car. And so he had to stop. They had to back him up, take it off and then send him out. He was effectively started last. Okay. Now, flash forward to the end of the season in Brazil, um, Hamilton passes Timo Glock on like the last lap, which made him have just enough points to beat Felipe Massa for the world championship, even though Felipe won the race. And Felipe thought he won the world championship for like that last lap, but like, no, like Hamilton passed. And so essentially what's happening now, Bernie Eccleston gave an interview. And in this interview, he suggested that they knew yeah. that Renault were doing this. They knew that they did this wrongdoing at the time and that they just, you know, essentially like let the, just let, let it, whatever, just whatever happened, what it's play gonna, out. what's going to happen, going to play yeah. out. And so they just were like, whatever. And Felipe Massa heard that and was like, um, okay, so you yeah. knew this? And you didn't do anything about it at the time. And so now this, essentially this lawsuit is him essentially saying, had Renault been punished from that, had their race win been taken away and had like, had this not even occurred, um, I would have, you know, he would have bumped up in the race stand. He would have had enough points basically to overcome the deficit to, uh, Hamilton and which been able is, to actually win a world championship. Right. Um, which has a lot of moving parts to it. Um, and it's a very, very sticky situation because on the one yeah. hand you, you have, well, Ferrari, you would have been fine if Ferrari didn't bungle that pit stop. Right. So that's the one half of this. So that's problem number one. Yeah. That's the problem. Number one. The other problem is you don't know how the rest of that season would have played out had had that you know had that happen too right like there's all there's all like the people's mentality your thought process could have changed you mm-hmm. know what i mean there could have been different factors that had played into that 
Um, but essentially, Felipe is essentially, I think his lawyers essentially want him to want the FIA to essentially admit that he was the 2008 world championship yeah. winner and then give him like, you know, compensate him financially yeah. yep. for potential loss of, you know, money gained, which is very, very hard to figure out. It's a very nebulous thing. So, yeah, I so here's the thing. I don't think you'll ever get the FIA to say, yeah, we messed up and you should have been the champion potentially, no. right? That could have, or that, that, that could have happened, right? It's kind of the same, similar thing with like 2021 where it, you know, whatever, whatever intention Massa had, uh, I'm sorry, Michael Massey had with like wanting to have more entertainment for the last lap. And then, you know, only the cars between Hamilton and Verstappen can, you know, un, unlap themselves, whereas no one else can, um, that's kind of a similar thing where if they ever wanted to revisit that, you can't just give the title to someone else, right? Like, first off, right. the person you're giving to is not going to accept it. They'll be like, no, I don't mm -hmm. want that, right? right? And I don't think that's what, I don't think that's Massa's goal here. I think the goal is no. the financial restitution and compensation, right? Because that's massive. Imagine you win, right? You win a world championship in any sport. That opens up so many sponsorship deals for you, right? That And in, in the article that we're, we're referring to, it's in uh, SB Nation. Um, and in that article they mentioned it could be up to tens of millions of euros, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money. A lot That's of like money. generational yeah. wealth type money, right? Mm -hmm. And so if he potentially missed out on deals like that, right, looking at what his peers were getting at that time, you know, that's a lot of money. And I can understand him being really, really upset and heated about that. And I, I'm not a lawyer, but I hear that and I'm like, I can understand the logic there, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why we have smarter smarter dudes smarter folks who are um capable of looking at the letter of the law in whatever countries that need to be examined like as far as their legal frameworks are concerned in order to figure out whether or not there's a real case here but on surface level i get it i understand it but hindsight's also always twenty twenty, right like mm -hmm. just like you were saying for him for him to say like oh if this had happened the rest of the season would have played out this way too not necessarily right it could have yeah. just like you said it could have changed up mentalities could could have changed up approaches all that sort of thing Ferrari just bungled the pit stop too you know like that yeah that's a major that's a major thing right yeah so yeah it's like if you're uh um yeah it, it, it's just a it's like if you're claiming like oh well these circumstances should have been different but it's like but yeah but you still screwed up you know it's just right. like if um uh it's like if uh somebody if somebody told gave you in false information of where a treasure is buried and told somebody but just just so they could tell their other friend the right answer and then you showed up but you forgot your your metal detector at home mm -hmm. it's like even if they told you that where where it was like if they told you the right place where it was yeah. you still didn't bring your metal detector right so you still wouldn't have found it right you know what i mean so it's like it's it's like that weird kind of scenario where it's just like you you can claim the one thing but you also have to think there's a lot of factors involved right and so i i think that in reference to 2021 the fia have admitted that they essentially the decision yeah. that was made was essentially not the best decision yeah and it was made for entertainment value or whatever mm -hmm. 
Uh, but you know, they still haven't tried to give like they're not going to give that title to Lewis. Yeah. Like you know, and Lewis yeah. is not trying to pursue it. Right. And so basically, the precedent there has been set that the FIA doesn't change that. Right. Um, unless there's some really serious mitigating circumstances that right. are affected, and if it was like a couple of years ago or a year ago, you could imagine. Right. But this was 2008, man. Right. This is a while ago. Yeah. So like I think yeah I think that the best thing that Felipe could could possibly hope for here is some financial um, mm. restitution and um, and you know also just like I mean I, as far as his reputation gains I don't really mm. know if this is going to add to his reputation at all yeah. I mean it's if anything it's like if it was like people were if it, if it was like the FIA had made a decision that they were going to give him money because of this it's almost like when the Pope like makes concessions about the stuff that the Roman Catholic church had done in the past. That was like mm. a no go. It's like, if it's freely given, then you're like, Oh, okay. Like that's, you know, and maybe people would be like, Oh yeah. Like Masa, like he was like, you know, Oh, like he was, he was taken from him. And like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, you know, he did, you know, people would rally behind him a little bit more. But mm -hmm. The fact that he's pursuing this himself, it's a little like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But like, you know, I don't no, know. I it's mean, a I little, it's a little wishy-washy. I, I feel no. I feel I feel the man though. You know, like go get yeah, your money. I mean, sure, yeah. Go get <laughs> your money. Yeah, but like as far as his reputation, like I don't think sure. it's going to make him a more loved figure from history. No, you know I what don't. I mean? yeah. So. Well, yeah. speaking of lawsuits, we should talk about the one, the another one that's oh, kind of F one <laughs> adjacent in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. It's also really weird because it, it gives me Oscar Piastri flashbacks a little bit too. Um, not not just because it it also yeah. involves McLaren. Mm -hmm. um, so, what do you want to give us a the the primer about uh, oh, this Alex Polo McLaren I, uh, chip uh, the chip Ganasty chip, chip Ganasty yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, Floyd Jr. Chip, if you're Ganasty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'll let think, you. I'll let you do this. I think you have the details on this one a bit more clear than I do. I just have like well, the, the cliff notes on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a nutshell, essentially, um, Alex Pillow, who right now is the Max Verstappen of IndyCar at the moment, mm -hmm. um, he's been really, really cleaning up the field um, in in IndyCar in many ways. Uh, he was contracted to switch to Arrow McLaren, which is the McLaren IndyCar team, mm -hmm. in 2024, so next year. And uh, he is currently racing for Chip Ganassi, uh, and he's doing really well with Chip Ganassi. And he essentially has just said, yeah, no, we're not. I'm not doing that. Um. <laughs> And then uh, McLaren's like, we're very disappointed that he's not, you know, and Chip yeah. Ganassi's like, you know, he's racing for us. We're going to do about it, punk. You know, yeah. like they're they're getting kind of puffy chest mm -hmm. a little bit with mm -hmm. it. Say, he's racing for us. It's, this is all wrong. And McLaren's just like, all right, well, we're just going to sue you for breach of contract. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, here's the thing. I don't know what, I, I mean, from Alex Pillow's perspective, I can understand if you're winning with Chip Ganassi and they're they're they they you know they're setting you up for success in that way, mm -hmm. you're gonna want to stay fine. with that team. So I get it, but also like if McLaren has you under contract and you're just like yeah I don't want to do that now, um, I mean I, I don't know a lot about racing contracts, but like I know like this isn't 
you know, this this isn't like it used to be in the 60s where you're just like hopping around to whoever wants to pay you to drive for that day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like contracts and racing contracts are a little bit more complex than that. Um, and there's just a lot of cattiness going on too. Like Chip Ganassi was just like, I used to respect the McLaren team, but yeah. this new administration, I don't. Yeah. You know? And I was like, okay, Chip, you know, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, so apparently Zach Brown is like getting involved here because obviously he, you know, also kind of runs the um, Indy McLaren team as well. Um, and there's this, you know, thought that you know, he was going to be the guy that jumps into McLaren and replaces Lando Norris when Lando Norris kick, you know, says no, or, you know, moves on to something else. Um, which I think is a pretty lofty ambition thinking in the future. Cause I'd say that Lando Norris is very much relevant right now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And the other thing too, real quick, uh, is just that Chip Ganassi racing had to sue Alex Polo yes for him right. to race like it, it, it's, it's it's so, so weird. messy it's so messy. it's so messy yeah uh i mean like he so he had had a separate contract um outside of the deal with indy to serve as a mclaren reserve driver right like it's a separate contract from that and also the mclaren you know 2024 potential season um and they said that they had apparently already paid gave him like a down payment towards that so my assumption is they're trying to sue him basically to give them a refund, you know, for the deposit they put down on him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very weird and it feels very catty. And, um, I'm also, I'm wondering if how much of this is like just driver talent being like, well, I'm the hot shit right now. So mm-hmm. you know what, like you're going to have to, you know, really woo me or whatever, you know, it's like, I heard there's a similar thing kind of going on with, um, there's similar contract dispute going on in the world of basketball. Apparently what I have found out with the trailblazers where like a basketball player wants to be traded yeah, and the team he wants to go with doesn't have any kind of trades like that, cap space. The, that the yeah. teams are involved in. And so the guy is basically saying, well, fine, if I have to stay here, then I'm not going to bother playing. And the NBA had to step in and be like, no, you're going to play mm. because if you don't play, then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wait. You're gonna you're gonna basically not be allowed to play in the NBA until your contract for um, the Blazers the is Blazers. fulfilled, which is like six yeah. years, and like you're not getting any money for that. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, there's a weird thing where it's like there's no body that I think can step in here. Like the FIA or like the governing body of um, you know IndyCar can't just like step in and be like, well, Alex, really, Alex, you got to, you mm-hmm. know, they can't do any finger wagging here. I think it's really between teams. Here. Yeah. Yeah. You're mixing, um, you're mixing two loves I have here with NBA basketball, but yeah, <laughs> that, that specific instance with Dame Lillard and, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope that situation gets resolved. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as it goes for over here in the IndyCar world, yeah, it's messy. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's going to have to play out in just like sports court effectively. Um, those do exist. So they can they can get that all rectified there but the fact that they have to go to court over this kind of thing thing is really messy and like looking through the article and some of the some of the data that's out there or the research that's out there about everything that's going on this is so convoluted mm-hmm. like it seems like agreements were made for him to go to McLaren with his previous management team i don't <laughs> i don't know man i'm not a contracts expert um but 
if he made two contracts, if he signed two contracts at the same time with one pointing this way and the other going this way, you know what I mean? That's going to be real messy. And I don't think that'll, it's not, it's, they'll figure it out, right? They're going to make some kind of restitution, whether it's like financial or maybe Polo actually does end up driving for McLaren uh, oh. or something. But yeah, could, I, could you I think imagine? at this point, that's just not going to work. Yeah. I think at this point, that's too much not, bad I mean, yeah. It's just yeah, there's just it's just too too awkward of a situation. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like if but, you wanted if yeah. you wanted to sit at a certain table and then somebody took your seat and you were just like, Oh, this is my seat and you're they're just like, Oh, I took it already. It's just like, Well yeah, but I really want it. It's like, All right, fine, you can have it. And it's just like, No, no, I don't want it now. Like now it's yeah. like everybody around me. I already made a fuss and like everybody's yeah. mad at me. It's gonna be really awkward. Yeah. It's just sort of like that. It's just this really I can't imagine him going back to. I think the smartest thing for Alex Polo just stay with Chip Canassi, yeah. and then just file the you know just just settle the lawsuit out of out, know, of, out court. of court. Just yeah, pay him whatever. And yeah. do you do you think this is? Do you think this will affect his reputation, as far as other teams are concerned in the future? Right, that if he you know let's say he did sign multiple contracts at the same time that were that clearly had different conclusions, you know are people gonna look at him and say oh he's trustworthy or um, do you think this is just a, a case of just really like management just messing up with law uh, with with contracts i think if anything it's just going to be like whoever makes a contract for alex below is going to make it incredibly ironclad yeah um and be like this these are the terms and then set set conditions if the yeah. terms are not met yeah um because you could probably say the same with Oscar Piastri, because yeah. I think whoever ends up goes on through Piastri is probably going to do the same thing. Yeah, um, I'm sure a lot of really top end drivers, you know, if you like, if, like if you're going to negotiate a contract with Fernando Alonso, you're going to have mm. to pay a lot of money, and that's mm-hmm. why I think that Danny Warbucks really opened his wallet up for Fernando, and I, which is yeah. why I think Fernando's really happy. Yeah, I think it's not just because of the money; I think it's because he has a good car. Yeah, and um, you know, um, I think Alpha uh, Aston Martin's a little more. F- seems a little more fun than um alpine is mm-hmm. right now you know the french ferrari um Ugh. but um <laughs> but yeah um we'll see how this plays out I, I i just yeah i think there's a lot of bad blood but i think that mclaren under zach brown is just a they're a little uh they're Litigious. a little litigious mm-hmm. you know what i mean like they're just yeah. they just they're just ready to stir us like you know people in florida they're just ready to sue in the drop of a hat you know no, you know, no tea, no shade to people in Florida, but you know, but even if you live in Florida, you know the people I'm talking about. You, you think Sargent's going to sue Williams for for his <laughs> race results this season so far? <laughs> I mean, maybe if his if he's got like a like if he has like a super Karen aunt or something like that, that's just like we're going to sue. Um, you can't do that. <laughs> well, um. Anyway, um, kind of moving on, if I may, um, apart from stuff that's maybe a little uh, kind of weird and, you know, lawsuit related, Mm -hmm. um, there's one thing I, there's a couple of things I do want to talk to you about that I've heard recently, um, and they're directly related to Formula One's future. Um, One of them was um, David Croft, Crofty, who uh, you will know as the... uh, you know, um, lights out and away we go. Guys. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. The commentator, uh, mm-hmm. along with um, <laughs> you know uh, Martin uh, Martin Brundle Martin Blunder. Awkward, yeah, Martin uh, <laughs> Blunder Brundle. Um, 
he he had an interview with Sky Sports where he talked about they were asking him about some the state of F1 currently and one of the th- he said some stuff that are really interesting and I kind of have conflicting feelings because like mm-hmm. I agree and then I don't don't necessarily agree in the same time. Um, one of the things that he was saying is that he doesn't believe that the FIA should be in charge of making the regulations and the rules, hmm. which. I can sort of understand that because at the one hand, I feel like F1 could benefit from opening up the regulations a little bit. Sure. I think that in some ways it's getting kind of stifled um, because not only is it like, you know, I, I think that once the ca- the cost cap has really started to be put into effect, mm-hmm. I think opening up the regulations a little bit, I think would be healthy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that so long as we know that there there needs to be certain safety thresholds, there needs to be certain measurement thresholds, and there needs to be certain power difference thresholds, mm-hmm. I think allowing the teams to sort of interpret those in different ways could be beneficial. So, like, if you have, instead of saying, well, everybody needs to have, you know, V6 turbo hybrids that are, like, 1.6 liters. Yeah. They could say, okay, um, your engines can't be any more than 2 liters, and you need to have this amount of like it has to have like zero emission output and it can only be within a certain amount of horsepower you know then it's up to the teams depending on how they want to deliver that power whether they want to make a bigger engine and use lighter parts or if they want to use you know like a smaller engine that's a little Mm -hmm. lighter but like sure you know maybe it has more bulkier bits like you know things like that where it's like you have that structure sort of there still but then it's kind of more or less left to interpretation i think could create mm-hmm. interesting results because you kind of had that back in the 80s right sure, With sure v12s and turbo v8s or whatever or turbo v6s so um i think that that could benefit but the other thing that he said and this is where i do agree and i want to mm-hmm. get your thought on this because we've sure. talked about the sprint race quite a few mm-hmm. times right he said that he believes that the sprint race, he likes the sprint race, but he says he doesn't believe that it should be towards world championship points. Hmm. And at first when I heard him say that, I'm like, well, then what's it for? But then he he, he said this other thing that I, I actually do agree with, and I think this is actually really good. He said the sprint race should be its own sort of like thing because i guess in some in uh, uh um cricket there's like a main series and then like mm-hmm. an offshoot thing that like people do that the players will, will opt out of if they want to and so the idea is you have your main grand prix and then you have your sprint races but the sprint races are optional for particular yeah. for drivers and for teams and so he had suggested this in a sense of what if you put your reserve drivers in the sprint race Hmm. so that they had their own little you know championship. championship or their own little thing to where they're not just sitting there doing nothing to get like actual experience yes the only thing that i could see being a problem with that yeah. is that it would cost extra money because you're not going to put them in a car for yep. the sunday race because yeah. what if they crash it and then yeah. all of a sudden that compromises the sunday race so they would have to field basically a third car if yeah. they're going to do that right so there is some risk involved but i do like the idea of the reserve drivers getting a chance to yeah race it out because you could see jamie chadwick on a, on a sprint race yes. weekend yes, racing in williams and that would be awesome mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah what and do you, you think of that yeah 
I like the idea. Um, you could also see Antonio Giovinazzi back on the grid for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's reserve driver for Ferrari this season. Is he now? Is he this season? I, I thought, or maybe it might have been last season. I might be blurring together. Um, yeah, yeah I, I get it. I, I see where he's coming from. I think uh, he was also saying in the article, too, that he doesn't like the points counting towards the championship, right? Um, right. And that it should just kind of be its own thing. Yeah. And, yeah, I you know... There just needs to be something different about the sprint races, right? I we've talked about this previously. While the um the it's it's good that there was an attempt at spicing things up, right? From the yeah. FIA, um, as far as introducing sprint races, but yeah, they're not working. Like they don't, I don't know. They they're not really working. I don't think they're not doing the thing that they're supposed to do. Um, no. so change it up, change it up again. Let's do something right. different. And I think doing something like this where you kind of separate it out, allow the reserve drivers more time, which I think is always a great thing to do. Um, it's fantastic. Um, the feasibility of it, that's the problem, right? It would definitely cost more money, I think. Yeah. But I like the idea of the reserve drivers getting a chance to yeah. get out there and yeah. you know, race. Because, but, but also, hey, if you think of it this way, though, mm-hmm. when the reserve drivers go out in a practice session, mm-hmm. they're still kind of putting the car at risk. You know, they That's could true. still potentially yeah. crash it. So I would say like that could be the way to look at it from that perspective as well. Yeah. You know, um, or just make the sprint race a like a a five car shootout <laughs> or a ten car shootout. Do something yeah. different. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> they should just Don't be afraid. <laughs> they should just it should just be a shootout from with the top ten or something yeah. like that. You know, have the sprint just be the top ten duking out or the bottom. Uh, you know the bottom half, like mm-hmm. have the bottom half do sprint race, yeah. and just let the top ten wait till Sunday or something like and, that. You know, and no DRS, no DRS. Just oh yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, we should talk about that. They have suggested banning DRS for qualify or for the for no, they're suggesting banning it for the for the race. I think. So Which I've heard. I heard two things. Okay, all right. I've heard two things. Either banning it for the race. Mm-hmm. So that like you you use it for qualifying, but like in the race you just would people just have to you know use whatever they're doing, yeah. or reversing the rule for 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 DRS usage where instead of you having to be like you're instead of it being that you have to be within a second of somebody and then you could use the DRS, flipping it to where if you are within a second of somebody you cannot use DRS. Hmm. Mm. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. Like I don't know about that. You yeah. know what I mean? I, because I think that would still require them having to. I still. There, I think there's a little problem there because you're still. If you're just just slightly behind somebody, you're not within a second. Then you get DRS and you can use it. Unless it just if you're within one second, then it shuts off. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like you're more or less just going to prevent people from actually passing each other on track. Yeah, instead overtaking. of you know. And you're just gonna bunch the field a little closer, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I just think it should be on a time limit. I've said that before. That's what yeah. I think. Yeah, time limit. I think is the best is the best way to do it. I was just mainly saying that just to be, just to be a stickler because I, <laughs> like, just just change it up. Just change up the rules. What's wrong with like changing it up for the rest of the season? Yeah. No one will really care. It's not gonna affect things majorly, you know. You know, yeah, I, I think like, we and we talked about this in in the episode with Elizabeth, right? Like the FIA is just so afraid to make big changes, you know? Yeah. Just change it up. Yeah. People will probably love you for it. Yeah. No, I think, uh, and I think that, uh, 
you know, it's more or less the the problem that McLaren's having with cars not being able to pass each other, period, I think is just like the DRS is not helping it. It's also yeah. not having it is also not going to solve the problem because the cars can't pass each other because nobody is like nobody's taking enough of a risk there's not enough variables in the place it's like everything is it's different it's like weird like like spec racing has that thing where it's like everybody's kind of on an even playing field so it's just down to the driver mm -hmm. but then like if you also have it in in formula one stasis where it's like the top teams are just so much faster than everybody else but mm -hmm. they're also not fast enough to pass each other so everybody's just kind of a stalemate yeah like any other way so it's yeah it's weird it's weird yeah. but um yeah, but yeah. The, the cost cap seems yeah, that's a whole nother conversation right right i guess um just to um just to wrap things up a little bit uh i don't know um what the rest of your august looks like Adris, but i am very excited to be going to the portland indie grand prix yes um and uh, so excited for you I have a little bit of news for you too, and this is going to be fun. Oh. I'm, I'm really excited about this. So Lauren has been making friendship bracelets for the Jonas Brother concert. Okay, because it's apparently a thing that they do. It's like a it's like a a thing amongst the Jonas Brother fandom. Mm -hmm. And she has all these beads, and she's like, you know what? We should well for one thing, she made she made us some uh, F1 or F off bracelets. Oh, so, okay, okay. Yeah. I left okay. I left mine at her place, but I know where it is, so it's safe. But she made a few of those, um, and uh, we can we'll certainly be making more for. I'll, I'll definitely make sure that that I will I will make more if she does not make more. Um, mm. But she had this great idea, yeah, of making friendship bracelets for the IndyCar drivers. Oh, because we're gonna be at the just, paddock pass and just yeah. give it to them. Just put their their name, their last name, their number, and then the color of the beads is like the color of their library oh, for their cars. That's cool. That's so and cool. I asked, El I asked Elizabeth. I'm just like, which driver do you think would accept a a friendship bracelet? <laughs> and I, she gave me a list. I uh, she confirmed my thought was Pato Award seems like a person who would Absolutely. definitely he take a, like a friendship bracelet. Um, we made one for Jamie Chadwick too, so hopefully nice. we'll be able to see her and give her a friendship bracelet. Yeah. Um, but she made them for everybody. She did it scott dixon one she yeah. did a little power one yeah. and uh i guess the idea is that like they're so used to giving things to fans and like things of that nature that's always yeah. fun when they receive stuff too yeah. like you know and i think it's simple enough you know just mm -hmm. a little friendship bracelet yeah yeah fun, yeah you know cute or whatever also like, yeah, a little fun little memento yeah yeah so i'm yeah. super stoked for that i'm, I'm totally yeah. into it um that is but, so cool um, but yeah, I also want to say, and I did not know this, mm -hmm. There, I thought when I bought a paddock pass, I'm like, well, that's it. That's the cream of the crop. I got yeah. like, the best thing possible. No. Oh, it's not? There's a, there's a thing called a pit pass, which lets oh, you yeah. walk the track mm -hmm. and like be in the pit lane. And I'm like, yeah. Mm. like yeah. I was making it. So making close. It, it's like a super VIP exclusive. Like they only put it out like they put it out like a year ahead of time and like only a certain amount of people are allowed to like actually oh, wow. get a chance to buy it, which apparently I will be eligible for next year because I bought the pit pass this year. This Okay. The gotcha, paddock gotcha. pass this year. Gotcha. Okay. But I was making jokes with Lauren because she has the pit passes with her and her dad. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yep, have fun having breakfast with Will Power. That's cool. <laughs> you know, like I'll just be in the side in a trash can. Um, <laughs> just being a pleb, <laughs> just getting dunked on. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm really excited for it. I'm going to take a lot of po uh, pictures. They already posted the poster and T-shirt for the race, which yes. looks really awesome. It has Multnomah Falls in the background. I'm absolutely love it. So I'm super excited for all of that, dude. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I remember back back in California, I uh, went to the Long Beach IndyCar race. Uh, I think two times I went. Uh, mm-hmm. Really awesome event. Loved being there. So I know you'll you'll have a good time because PR seems like a really really fun track. Yeah, it is super fun. Uh, at some point, you're gonna have to be able to try and get a trip up here. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. You know, we'll have a place for you to crash, and we'll be able to go because it's super it's super fun track. It's a very scrappy track. I love it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, is there any other news you wanted to to, to talk about? Any kind of no. things coming up you want to mention? No, I think that's that's um, pretty much it. The only other thing I want to bring up is that I still think it's hilarious that apparently Ferrari reached out to Lewis, like, <laughs> like. I could see Lewis just being like, you know the you know the gif no, of the um no. the meme of the the little girl who's just like looking like and she's got like her teeth just that's like, nice but she's like oh oh yeah oh that one oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah or just Mariah Carey just going I don't know her yeah <laughs> you know yeah a hundred percent uh very awkward yeah. um you know and like they tried to apparently poach alex albon and i'm just gonna don't alex don't alex, don't, don't do it, it. alex don't, don't do it this don't is your it. conscious speaking don't do it man williams is a historical racing outfit you can bring them back to winning ways i mean ferrari is as well but Mm-mm. ferrari at no. this point is one of those amazon lifestyle brands you know that you buy no. those <laughs> those earbuds just lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> diet <laughs> what, what are the, some of the other words they use there it's a, it's always like lifestyle is always the one and then exercise fitness <laughs> <laughs> yeah clean life yeah, live clean love life. yeah live. <laughs> vacation life in that order <laughs> breathe air waterfall <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, you know, it, it they 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 will forever be a clothing merchandise brand that also sells cars yeah. and runs a race team. So yeah, occasionally, yeah, they occasionally run one. They occasionally do. Yeah, uh, the when run, they're when they when they yeah. when they can you know when they feel like it. It's if, it's their know. drivers who really run that team. But <laughs> mm. well, the drivers can't criticize the car though. Yeah. That's that's the caveat. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to F1 or F off. Um, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to hit us oh, up, uh, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, and uh, Twitter, X, Twitter, Twix, Twitter, X, X, whatever, uh, threads, and wherever else you listen to F1 or F off. And I want to clarify, too, when we say hit us up, we mean send us a message and say hello. <laughs> Um, just in case that's the re- like you know, just in case that's like stopped any of you, and you're just what, like, what, what do they mean? What does he mean? mean? Oh my god! Why, why would I hit him? Oh. I don't want to hit these guys. Oh, I no. wish I could send them a message. They didn't give me the go ahead clear for that one. <laughs> let's, um, just, let's just put a pin in that one. <laughs> we'll just put a pin in that one until they give me permission. <laughs> Um, don't want to be rude. Um, anyway, you can email us, us. You can email us if you're if you uh, if you'd like to um, at f one or f off podcast all one word at gmail dot com. Uh, please give us a five star review or a four star review. Honestly, I'll take a four star. That's fine. You got three some and a half is cool too. You know, three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Is fine. Yeah. If you I start, mean, like, if you're giving us a three, it'd be like you know we we'd ask like yeah. why not the extra yeah. star? You know yeah. why just three? Yeah. Same with two. Can I just yeah. say that if you give yeah. somebody a two star review, you might as well just give them a one star review. Honestly, you know, that, yeah, this is something what's, I talk what's, about what, frequently. What's what's the two? What's the second star really when it, doing? When it comes to like five star reviews, real talk. First off, review is five star. But in yeah. general, <laughs> in life, for everything else, right? If if you get a three star, that's that's good, right? Like in my opinion, 
If I look at a restaurant and, and it's a three star out of five, that means average. That means they're fine, <laughs> right? Four means excellent. Five means it's one of the best experiences of my life. Two means oh, it's passable. One is just do not go. That's what it should be. <laughs> One because is you'll see point? more of the bathroom than the actual dining yeah. room. <laughs> yeah. Because my thing is like, what's the point of the granularity if you don't ever use it? You know what I mean? Well, At that yeah. point, you might as well make it a three star. Well, here's know? the thing. I have definitely dated people in the past that refuse to go to a restaurant that's not five star. And like, so for what? them, a four star review is like, nope, absolutely not. And I'm like, mm, well, well, four star, fine. that's an 80%. That's an eight out of ten. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, yeah. But also, like, I, I yeah, I, I. It's like when they, they you do those things. It's like, do you agree or strongly agree? And right. I'm like, why are you giving me the strongly agree answer? Agree. Like, yeah. what are you gonna think? Like, if I just say, well, I just agree, but I'm not well, like, passionate. Strongly about agree. It. Would be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what strongly agree would be. You know, you, you just start sweating, just, and shaking. Oh, you're oh just man, like, I I love Chipotle so much. <laughs> I agree so much. Like, I mean, I just, I don't, just don't give me the, you know, it's the same with those paddock passes. It's, it's like, you know, just have, if you're going to have a version of things, just say this is the the good, yeah. better, best. You know what I mean? You, you don't it's want like, ultra soft, hyper soft, super, super soft. I don't, no, I don't want to, I don't hyper agree with this statement. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, that would be hilarious though. Could you imagine like, like neutral, agree, super agree, ultra agree. Hyper agree, <laughs> like and just have like the tires. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I agree. Anyway, but yeah, I, I, you hyper agree. You hyper agree. I, we can all hyper agree on the fact yeah. that you should leave us a five star. Yes, yeah, a five star review in short. Can. Yes, um, because we believe we deserve it. You might not, <laughs> but we think we do. So we'll say that. And, and as always, uh, please share this podcast with your family, your friends, and all the people who do not hyper agree with yeah. you and your lifestyle. Um, any Anybody who strongly agrees with who you are as a fun, person fundamentally, still send them the podcast and <laughs> and we'll just, we'll just annoy the hell out of them because yeah. that's what we do here at F1 or F off. Okay. All right. So. Cool. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> Thanks. Because <laughs> we hyper agree. We hyper agree. <laughs>